My name is Ashley Mason, and I am an Associate Professor of Psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco. I direct the Sleep, Eating, and Affect Laboratory, where we study sleep, eating, and affect independently and as they relate to each other. Much of my research has focused on craving-driven overeating, particularly in people who feel that they eat more in response to their food cravings than they wish they did. The issue with these cravings is often that they aren't for things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, but rather they're for things like brownies, cookies, and foods that we don't find in nature. A major component of my research program has focused on developing interventions for people who wish that they ate less of these crave-worthy foods. In normal times, we're often in environments that structure what and when we eat. For example, if we're working in an office and we had to pack our lunch ahead of time, with the knowledge that we'd have only a certain time to eat it, then it's easier to stick to our plan of what and when we eat. The office life can, in this way, support us in healthy eating behavior. In pandemic times, though, we've been locked in our homes and have been able to eat anytime, all day, pretty easily because we're only steps away from our kitchens. There are several strategies, though, that we can use to promote a healthier eating pattern when we don't have our usual supports that come with a more structured office and work environment. First, the golden rule. If a food isn't in our house, we can't go down to the kitchen to eat it in the five-minute window between meetings. For example, if we don't have cookies and brownies or chips or other foods that we find difficult to resist in our homes, we are just less likely to eat them. Second, keep food out of sight. The more often we see bags of chips or boxes of cereal, the more that we're consciously and non-consciously reminded to eat these foods sheerly for the pleasure of eating them. So put food away in the cupboard and in cabinets where it's out of sight. Third, consider planning out and prepackaging your snacks for each day. This way you know what you're going to get to snack on and you're not going to be making decisions based on moments of Zoom exhaustion or fatigue. Nobody is at their best in making decisions in the middle of a long streak of Zoom meetings. Fourth, don't discount the power of putting food into dishes. When we eat chips right out of the bag, it's pretty hard to know how many we've eaten. So always put them in a dish, preferably a small dish, so that the dish looks full and satisfying. Finally, a new idea in the literature is something called exercise snacking. Perhaps give this a try. Next time you have a 15-minute break between meetings, instead of reaching for a food snack, reach for an exercise snack. Go on a walk around the block, for example. It doesn't need to be an exercise session that involves sweat or heavy breathing. It can just be as simple as walking around for a while before your next hour that you're spending in your chair at your desk. Next, I want to talk about how easy it is to just keep eating. I'm going to use chips as an example for the time being because most folks would say that eating chips is not something that contributes to their health. So like we were talking about earlier, when we eat chips right out of a giant bag, it's nearly impossible to know how much we ate, especially when we're eating mindlessly, without awareness, while doing other things like watching TV, reading a magazine, chatting on the phone, and so on. What we are eating might actually be quite delicious, but we're largely missing out on that when we're eating mindlessly. So next time you find yourself at the bottom of a bag of chips, wondering how you could have just eaten them all, try sitting quietly and reflecting on how your body feels. What is the true reward of having eaten an entire bag of chips? Often how we feel while we are overeating chips 
involves feeling that we've escaped into another mental state of distraction, but how we feel after we ate all those chips might feel quite different. Bloated, thirsty from saltiness, nauseated, guilty. While the feeling of distraction while mindlessly eating the chips, the distraction, it might feel rewarding in the moment, the true rewards after we're done eating, the feeling bloated, feeling guilty or upset, nauseated and so on, aren't actually rewarding. And these rewards can last for far longer than it took us to mindlessly overeat the bag of chips in the first place. So there are a few practices you can try to work toward eating with more awareness, which can translate into less overeating of foods that aren't contributing to your health, foods like chips. The first step is to shut off those distractions. Turn off the TV, put down the magazine, quit out of social media apps, and finish up that phone conversation. The second step is to select the food you'd like to enjoy and put it in a dish or a napkin. Just make sure it's outside of its packaging and just take out a little bit. Then, without any distractions, slowly eat it and notice the texture, the taste, and the experience of eating it. You might find, by eating this way, that you choose to eat far less of the food. After a few mindful bites, you might have derived the best part of the reward from the experience. And then you won't have to experience the rewards of overeating. Instead, you can step away from the food and resume the activities you paused, chatting with a friend, reading him with a magazine, uh, and so on. So I hope you'll give some of these strategies for achieving healthy eating goals a try as part of your health style, and I invite you to bring them with you wherever post-pandemic life takes you, whether it's back into the office or into a brand new work environment.